Joe, why don't ants come down with COVID? Why? They got antibodies. Antibody, Joe. Um, So this old guy, very old, you know, like... How old was he? Like John Taylor old. uh, Wanted to spice things up with his wife, so he goes to the Victoria's Secrets and he picks something out. And, you know, they wrap it in a nice box and... He leaves it uh, in the bathroom for her, and, you know, she, he says to her, it's like, hey, you know, there's a present for you in the bathroom. And she's like, oh. So she goes in, and she sees, and she's like, oh, this is nice. You know, I, I like where he's going with this. And as she goes to put it on, sees the tag, and it's $250. And she's like, I can't do it. I just can't. I just can't. But, you know, I like the idea. I'll give him what he wants. So she reaches out, she turns off the bedroom light from the switch and she, you know, runs and gets in bed and, you know, things go, things go pretty well, you know, um, afterwards, like she gets up and, you know, as she's going to the bathroom, he turns on light and sees her and says, for 250 bucks, you think they would have ironed that thing. (laughs) (laughs) You think they would have ironed that thing. Hello, everybody. This is Jacques. I'm Joe. And welcome to another exciting, fun-filled, yuck-filled episode of Carnival Personnel Podcast Download. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know what else I can add after that. Anyways, how are you, Joe? Acceptable. You? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm okay. A bit saddened because literally, literally about 10 minutes before we... Literally? You, know, you, you, you did, called me. Did we literally uh, have liter- something happen? Literally. Uh, um, the passing of the great Fred Willard. <gasps> Usually, you know, when somebody that we like that much passes, we do a sideshow. That's how we but alert I, the world of their death. Like they wouldn't know that they he, he had died. No, his agent would have no idea. Right, be calling him with offers. Um, but l- literally, no. Uh, I, I want to research and maybe do one next week. Sorry again, Terminator. Because <laughs> this week we're going to do. Uh, this coming Thursday is the twenty, uh, sorry, the fortieth anniversary of the Empire Strikes Back being released in the United States. It was released four days earlier in the UK, but we don't count that because you know we beat them in the war. Uh, but yeah, but the sad passing of uh, Fred Willard. Yes, Fred Willard. We all know is the lovable kind of clueless expert. He, I guess, character you would say, yeah, plays, great character actor. Yeah, you you know him as the what was he a sergeant uh, in Spinal the Air Tap, Force Base? Yeah, the Air Force Base who um, hires Spinal Tap, thinking they're just like you know going to play some dance music for for their at ease weekend. You know, uh, the, the, the hair down. I shouldn't stand too close to think I'm part of the band. No, I <laughs> kid you, but I am due for a trim. Like, yeah, <laughs> wow. He, he was. That's <laughs> great. I love see, it. See, see the wormhole you open here. Uh, yeah, he was in every one of the Christopher Guest movies. Uh, yeah, he was the comment, one of the commentators, the really clueless commentator in Best in Show. Yep. Oh, just uh, and, and going back, you know, I, I remember him as a kid because he was a he did like. I don't know how many, again, we're researching before we do the sideshow, but he was a staple with Johnny Carson doing skits. And uh, as recent as, you know, this year, I think, doing bits on Jimmy Kimmel. Like, he was the go-to person for Jimmy Kimmel to have on. He, I think he played George Washington, like the ghost of George Washington once. He was also on the short-lived puppet show 
from the 80s called DC Follies. Which was, which, what would you remember what that was, where that, where that emanated from? Uh, that might have been from the Land of Confusion video. Yes, very by, well. By very Genesis. well. I mean, as a kid, those puppets were haunting to see. They were, you know, very good caricatures of political figures and celebrities, but they were just this side of grotesque. We'll get into it in a few moments, but more haunting than Honey and Sis, or this about the I, same, I, I, yeah, same, I, I, yeah, I guess maybe if I'd seen Honey and Sis when I was five or ten, then maybe that would have stuck with me, not when I was 42, but yeah. that's another thing. But getting back to Fred Willard on DC Follies, he played the bartender. He was the human. The, right. was the party was born to play. Right. It was, it was born from, you know, the Phil Collins. It was Phil Collins or Genesis. I, I, don't, I don't remember. I think it, it was, was solo. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'll have to go to the map for that one. I don't know. But uh but yeah, when when they did that, it was also kind of, you know, like the puppet version of Murphy Brown that, you know, that largely took place at a bar, you know, with all the political, you know, the the, the people from the precursor to, you know, what it was became like, like Cheers you know, meets the Muppet show meets Murphy Brown. I could not agree with you more. The haunting. I don't think it lasted a whole season. I think, or it was a mid-season replacement. I think actually, to, well, you know, it might have been two seasons. But you know, really? we'll find out more in a couple of weeks when we do the sideshow on Fred Willard. But we Fred also Willard. lost another staple of comedy this past week, Jerry Stiller. Which you know, the the amazing thing about him, it's. You know, he was 92, and as they say with dates on the book, I mean, he was still relatively working. It's not that long ago that he went from Seinfeld to King of Queens. And so here he is in his, like, he, he passed away at, like, 92. But his mid-80s, he's killing it, you know, on primetime, you know, a principal character on a primetime thing. Uh, him and his wife, if you go back and you, and you it, it's great. Some of the, like, clips, you know, they, they were a comedy duo um Always on the Ed Sullivan show and those kind of those kind of Steve Allen and stuff like that. So yeah, his wife was Ann Mira. They she was a Catholic redhead and he was uh, a uh, redhead Jew, and it was just um, a match made in comedy heaven. And of course, they bore they they they, they uh, were father and mother to Ben Stiller, and yeah. So Jerry Stiller, you know. Stiller and Mira were like Nichols and May, and like those. It was like a the the next generation of Burns and Allen kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah, that, I mean that was a golden age, the the mid fifties to the probably mid seventies, as far as like the Carsons, the Steve Allens, the Ed Sullivans, the variety shows. That, you know, I, I can't believe I didn't love the variety shows as a kid. Like you watch Donnie Marie, but the older I get, and the more. You send me these clips the more I'm enjoying, you know, that era of uh, of television. Yeah, and I guess Stiller and Mira, <clears throat> Jerry Stiller decided to break up the act because it, I, as the act became more and more popular, apparently he had to make a choice in whether or not he wanted to, you know, further their career as an act or f continue their marriage as a healthy couple because – Touring on the road was a kind of a grind, and I think they decided that it would just be best to cut the act and then kind of do separate things and raise a family, you know? Interesting, because you, you get it. I mean, it's like all the great acts, whether they're, you know, couples or – I mean, I think Burns and Alley is the only long-running 
couple that like survived that because that is a grind and it's a creative thing, you know, whether it's a band or something like that, but it's got to be tenfold when it's a husband and wife and a, you know, mom and dad and raising a kid. And cause you know, Ben Stiller's my age, maybe a little older, you know, probably a little older than me. So it was probably, you know, a, a real, a real, you know, grind, but Good for, but they they did they worked they did work together later in yeah. stuff like that. I like how Jerry Stiller, who's probably the most obvious New York Jewish person, played two Italian fathers on, on separate sitcoms. You know, he played Leah Remini's dad on King of Queens, and yep. he played Jason Alexander, aka George Costanza, his father. On uh, on on Seinfeld. can't stand you, right, <laughs> right. So, serenity now, <laughs> right. That that that's you know, uh, it probably should go on his grave. <laughs> serenity now so, yeah. is what he should be best known for. And what's been making the rounds on social media last week from his since his passing was uh, the clip of him cracking up Julia Louis Dreyfus on the set of Seinfeld. Did you see that one? No. Oh, uh, it played during the credits of one of the ep- of the episode. But they're sitting in some sort of like waiting room and it's George in the middle sitting down and Elaine is sort of mad at Jerry Stiller about something. And he goes, you want a piece of me? And every time he (laughs) says that, she's just smirking and then dying. And then it's like, "Okay, okay, let's do this again. And he never breaks, never like smiles, cracks up or anything. Always stays in character. And he's just like, you want a piece of me? And then she just doubles over. You know, this t- outtake lasts like two minutes. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was watching some old stuff where he was on the Ed Sullivan show and they were talking about how difficult it is to break up with somebody. Let us demonstrate. And his wife's trying to break up with him and they're, you know, they're a couple. And as he's asking her to marry her and then explains how he took out a $25,000 life insurance policy and it's all hers if he dies and then double indemnity and then goes body part by body part. If I lose an arm, you get $12,500. She's like trying to keep, no, I don't want your money. I just, you know, need to see other people. It's like, if I lose an arm and a leg, it's, and it's the same cadence as, you know, you want a piece of me, serenity now, you know, the right. really angry. Festivus um, for the rest of us. They, right, those those. I mean, Seinfeld was the biggest show for a decade, and and those might be the two biggest. That soup Nazi, yeah. you know, like the phrase or turn, like you know, Serenity now, no soup for you, yeah, but no the, soup for, right, a but festivus the, for the rest of us, yeah, 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 yeah. And now we begin the airing of the grievances. <laughs> so. Anyway, uh, God rest ye. Uh, so, are you a little worried? Who, if it comes in threes, you know who, who who's next? I mean, this is all in the past, like you know, forty eight hours. You lose these two. Oh, man, and you know what? You know now you got me thinking, and I, and somebody I'm, put Milton Berlin uh, or not Milton Berlin. Uh, somebody Berl. put like you know, uh, you know uh, any of those guys. Right? Who's the, who's the next on the on the death pool? Um, gee, I don't know. David Letterman, God forbid. I mean, I just heard him on the Stern Show last week. He was in good spirits, so you know, I think he's safe. But you never know nowadays. You never know with the COVID. You you don't. You don't. Um, let's see. You know, and you never know when you're going to lose power. We lost power. I was so late getting you the rundown because, again, like last night, you know, Lowell does it. It loses power more than any. And I don't know why, but you got a strong gust of wind. We 
did have a strong gust of wind, like trees down everywhere. And it went out. It was out for like 16 hours. And it's like, you know, you go to the national grid and it has the update. It's like, should be back on by 1030. Should be back on by midnight. Should be back on by 2 a.m. Should be back on by noon. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So, so, so we, we had that. But it's like, you know, we got the alert on the phone and the Alexis simultaneously that we had tornado warnings. You know, on our way. I don't know if you got any of those. Uh, it, I did when I was watching Family Feud on Channel Seven at eight thirty on Friday night. That we, you know, you get the National Weather Service alert. But uh, yeah, luckily I was watching Family Feud at eight thirty on a Friday night. <laughs> so let's move on to the next thing. So Joe, mm-hmm. I, 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 no, I'm not. I'm not talking to you. I'm saying Joe knows me. Probably better than better than almost anybody. I mean, he he really knows me. Um, there I am the other day, sitting at home, minding my own business, and I get a text, and it's a multi-layered thing. One, thank you for sending it. It was fantastic, but he sends a clip of Guy Smiley from Sesame Street talking about you know it's just a it's just a one line little thing in a bit. And he's like talking about like uh, you know what, what was his real name? It's like my name's not really Guy Smiley. I changed it. It was. Oh, you texted him to me. Hold on a second. Okay, yeah. I texted Jacques a clip from Sesame Street where Guy Smiley's hosting a show called you know Beat the Time where you have to do a wacky task within 20 seconds, and the contestant is the Count. And so the Count comes out, and he introduces himself, and he says, I'm the Count. They call me the Count because I love to count. And Guy Smiley says, I'm Guy Smiley, and they call me Guy Smiley because I changed my name from Bernie Lieberkrantz. (laughs) (laughs) And, And it's like, first of all, again, thank you for sending it. I mean, it was a great, fun little clip. But the bigger question is, what the hell are you doing looking at Sesame Street? Clip you know what? What it was in the middle a, of a Thursday afternoon. It's a rabbit hole thing because I and I didn't want to get into it, but whatever. So I'm on Twitter, and then you know, random things pop up, and a lot a lot of this stuff comes from people that you don't even follow. It's people that you follow who like something, and then right. that's how Twitter gets you. And then so somebody said, uh, "I was today years old, or today I learned that." The you know the number song from uh, the old old Sesame Street that goes one two three four five six seven eight nine ten, and the woman who sings that is uh, Grace Slick. Yep. So I did not know that until you liked it on Twitter, <laughs> then I saw that you liked it. So that got me down the rabbit hole of like I, I like old school Sesame Street. I loved. I watched it. You know, shocker. As a young child, I watched a lot of television, including Sesame Street. Religiously, I would watch Sesame Street non-stop if they had a sesame street channel that wasn't just pbs running it every so often i would be watching that all day long as a kid and i would get to know all of these bits these old weird alternative like hippie style cartoons that they would run on sesame street i would get to know them very intimately and so that got me down the whole rabbit hole of like, you know, oh, let me see this and let me see this bit, you know, oh, the Burton Ernie bit. And then I somehow stumbled upon Guy Smiley because it was in the YouTube feed. And I said, well, let me, let me watch this. And then I saw like, the, you know, 
first couple of minutes and like, oh, there's an, like a little insider showbiz kind of, you know, uh, joke that only parents would kind of appreciate, you know? Right. And I'm like, wow, this is really, and this is like from the late 70s, and, early 80s. And, and, and also the whole, you know, you know, having to change a, a, a Jewish name. You right. Know, to, you know, you know, two Jewish of a name for the industry. Because if we know one thing, you can't make it in the industry if you're Jewish. Right. Go but, to my grave saying that. I know, right? But it's just so funny, right? And you, and you, right. Not, you don't have to say, and it's not like they say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish. His name was Bernie Lieberkrantz. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, and then it, I, now I'm looking at a guy smiling and go, you know what? Maybe I can, I can kind of see it. It'd be, it'd be less... Jewish if he was Jewy Jewistine. Like, it would be less. Who I follow on Twitter, by the way. <laughs> so, no, I, I saw that, and I'm like, you know, however he found this, I'm glad he did, and he sends it. So then it's later the same day or the next day, you send, I guess GQ has a new thing where they have a series of known actors going through their their career, like, you know, just it, no interview. It's just them talking into their phone. It's all from the home type thing. And you send me this 25-minute clip of Martin Short going over some of his best characters. And um, I, I, some of those stories I had heard before, but it was great hearing them again where he's talking about the guy on Six the Guy. He's, um, Martin Short only did one year of Saturday Night Live. And it's crazy because I remember – Every one of his characters, and some of them they didn't do. Like Jackie Robinson Jr. is one of my favorite clips. He has to skit Jackie Robinson Jr.'s hundred thousand dollar jackpot wad. Like, yeah, do you know that one? Oh yeah, it's, it was a big over the top game show presentation, and I forget. I don't think they, were, they ever got to the game. They did, and it was it was Billy Crystal. Again in blackface. As Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis Jr. And he's like, give the, give the wheel a spin. And it doesn't go all the way around. It's like, I'm 110 pounds worth the rings, babe. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he holds up his hands and he's just covered in the bling. And, uh, but, but he talks about the character who is the lawyer spokesperson who is – and it's funny because he keeps talking about all these characters who are really over-the-top narcissist and over-the-top, at-their-core, bad people, and they're so Trump-like, and he's like, so he's a really horrible person, he's lying through his teeth, and as soon as he gets cornered because he's lying, he starts yelling at the media, the person interviewing him and turning around. It's like, no, of course I know that. Why wouldn't I know that? I'm a lawyer. I know that. This is a very boring piece you're doing. Can't you find something? And he starts attacking the lawyer in the clip, and he's like, it cuts back to him, and he's like, remind you of anybody and he does it like five or six times where he's like jiminy click he he does no prep work he thinks he's smarter than everybody and he just keeps throwing the stuff out there nobody corrects him because like they're afraid like for some reason he's in a position of power he shouldn't be in but yet he throws around his ignorance and then he turns to the side and goes remind you of like, oh yeah there were like at least four or five digs at trump and apparently this is called, like, you know, Martin Short explains his most iconic characters. And then I saw, you know, on the follow-up on YouTube, it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger. But that was from two years ago. So this, oh. so this is kind of like a newer, like, not newer, but this is a an ongoing thing that GQ has apparently been doing with and, and multiple it does, people. 
you know, I didn't watch a lot of them, but I bookmarked them because it's like there's there's some people you want to see. But the fact that Joe finds this and thinks, and it's true, I have Disney Plus, I have Amazon, I have Hulu, I have Netflix, I have cable, I have uh, did I say the DC DC app? I have Disney Plus, but Joe finds what I really want to be watching because I will scroll forever and like maybe maybe oh Joe sent me a text message. Oh, what the hell is this? Oh. Well, thank you, Joe. You you got inside my and then and then you. I, I know your algorithm. You, you hit for the cycle. So then, I, and again, you can explain where you find it. Like like Hanna Barbera, they had a five episode show called Honey and Sis. No, it, no. no it was a, a happy hour. The Hanna Barbera happy hour. Happy hour featuring Honey and Sis, and they were these life size. Puppets, uh, this singing duo, this you know, this sister act, um, with real like human beings as a guest star. It was just a regular variety show of the era with music, with comedy bits, um, you know, celebrity kind of like you know, guest stars, uh, cameos and guest stars. And I'm watching this thing thinking it's a clip, it's a couple, it's the whole goddamn show. Yes. And I'm like, oh, fuck you. Of course I'm going to watch this whole thing. And it starts off so cringy. Like one of my sons, you know, is like, Papa, this is really cringy. I'm like, I know. Like 10 minutes later, he's like, why are you still watching this? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but, I, but I'm in too deep. <laughs> I can't get out now. And, and, and so, of course, while I'm watching it, I'm Wikipediaing it, finding out it was a five episode you know five episode thing and they shot them all at once they aired them all at once so it wasn't canceled it just wasn't picked up and it was replaced by reruns of chips <laughs> and, <laughs> they made the right call and they they were like getting their butt kicks it's like yeah you know they're losing real bad to the other two networks let's like swing for the fence like the, right joe's eyes just that's right there was a time when there was two other networks right. there was three networks um and again, I don't. It, you know, well, the reason the reason I've never saw this, it never aired again, and it's never been put out on home video. So right. how the fuck you found it? Well, this is what happened. So I follow this guy on Twitter. He's a, he's a a very well known TV historian and author called Cliff Nesterhoff, named uh, Cliff Nesterhoff. He writes about old classic TV and stuff, and he posted he posts a lot of things on his Twitter like. Articles complaining about celebrities from the 60s and the 50s. You know, like people like rag on Twitter about celebrities now, and we think that this is sort of a newer phenomenon. No, this has been going on since people could write letters to the editor about anybody that they, and they see on television. And so one of the articles that was posted on his Twitter feed was about Betty White portraying a drunk character on the Hanna-Barbera happy hour and how one writer to some, you know, some uh, newspaper was upset. And I was like, what the hell is this? So then I Google it and then I YouTube it. And lo and behold, somebody who the, the episode you're referring to pulled a three quarter inch tape, like a master tape of this one episode that's like found and, you know, saved from the ashes and put it on YouTube. And so it's not the uh, Betty White episode, but yeah. No, and, and I couldn't – I wanted to see the Betty White episode. Joe, that would have been the first episode that also featured the incomparable Abe Fregoda. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, why do 
I don't I know that now, and I have no idea what just I've forgotten because I now know that new piece of information. But we found it, and it's like the first number with them is they do I Got the Music in Me, and one sister has real talent, and the other one has um, attitude to lord over her younger sister. You know, uh, it was just— Right, one was like Diana a, Ross, and the other was the— I don't and, know. And, and there, one was supposedly 19, Honey's 19, and Sis is 16 or 17. You watch longer than I did. I watched the whole damn thing. Yeah. You know, dude, I, you know, I, and every time I thought, you know, uh, okay, I've seen enough. I'm going to walk away. They pull me back in, you know, and, and that's what happened. So the Hanna-Barbera happy hour, we're going to post it. It, it. it is awfulsome. It is just awfulsome. But. I watched the whole thing while reading the entire Wikipedia, you know, thing. It was great. But you do that. You're three for three was sending me, I mean, just all over the map shit. And it was just, and I'm like, Joe knows my, you you said it, you know, my algorithm better than I do. And I have Um, to thank YouTube for the Martin Short thing, because I normally don't go to like my homepage that, you know, pops up like, here's what, you you know, what was recommended to you based on what you watch. But I was watching stuff connected to my TV and my TV doesn't have me signed in it just has like you know generic things and martin short that was the first clip that popped up i'm like what's this oh it's funny that harkens back to um the day when tivo started and i didn't watch a lot of tv but my tivo you know 100 percent thought i was gay that's the biggest joke on on the tivo yeah because management she recorded Oh, what what was it when TiVo came out? Like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Will and Grace. Will and Grace. She did. She Will and Grace, Queer Eye, and there was another Oh, oh. Oh, it's it there's three letters. Queer it as was folk. an HBO show. Right. Right. And I always called it Oh, gay as fuck. You know, I G A That was the joke. Queer as fuck. And so and I remember one time I came home. And it couldn't tape – like I got the notice when I turned it on. It wouldn't tape a Patriots game because it was full. I'm like, how is this full? <laughs> and it just taped absolutely everything in the world. You know, If there was a guy rollerblading at the beach in a tank top, it recorded it. You know? <laughs> but, but no, so that algorithm but, – uh, but I will tell you what uh, – um, not in love with, and I probably will not renew, is the DC app. And for a couple of reasons, uh, look, at the Harlequin show is really great, but it's rated R. The kids can't watch it. I don't have time. I can find it elsewhere online. Like the Titan show is great, but there's not enough. And so all over Twitter, there's two new animated um, DC movies. And I'm like, oh, well, great. I'll go watch those. Yeah, they're not available on it. Like, I'm not going to buy something for 20 bucks off Amazon that's a DC movie. It's like, oh, so they get, they're not even putting a DC exclusive content on the DC app. Right. They, they will. Like, look, Rise of Skywalker just landed on the DC app. A few weeks ago, oh, the like app. A, yeah, a, yeah. A, a Disney app a couple weeks ago, and it came out for rental like two months ago. And I get that, but the Disney app is all Marvel, all the Disney movies, all the, you know, all the other Star Wars things, the Clone Wars, Rebels, you know, um, you know, all of that stuff. So it's like, yeah, I can wait, but there's not a, enough content, like new content. Like I already own all the Batman movies, all the Superman movies, all the other animated ones. If they want me to buy and, and this, you know, and I'm also feel bad that, 
you know, the Harlequin thing is a rated R show, and the boys can't watch that. And this new, you know, um, Justice League Dark is also rated R, and the boys are getting really frustrated. And I get it, like. The last few superhero movies have all been rated R, you know, whether it's a Joker, Suicide Squad, um, you know, this new thing. It, Deadpool was smart enough to be able to edit their last thing in a way where they could make it PG-13 and stuff like that. But uh, but so you're going to have to keep sending me these clips. because and, and seriously, all the stuff on Netflix and Amazon – I have more fun watching those clips that you sent. But that's Um, interesting that you're bringing up how DC is kind of now losing you because, ironically, they're not putting out enough family-friendly content. Like, you know, for years it was sort of like, you know, we want to grow, we want DC to grow up with us, we want more mature stuff. But now it's like the bell, the pendulum has swung in so far in the opposite direction. It's like, okay, we're gonna, you know, we're this close away, we're this close from like hardcore pornography, you know, like you know, we're gonna like, like I don't need to see Batman bang Wonder Woman. Now I don't know why it's rated R. I don't know if you need to see like certain amount of blood. I don't know, you know, what the what the dividing line is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Right, but so there, there, there should be a balancing act, and DC again is like shooting themselves in the foot. It's like they have all these great properties, all these great characters, and they just don't know how to fucking put it out for the masses. You know, you're either going to get the niche audience, the hardcore fans, or you're going to get like, or is it going to be too kiddie? Is it going to be like you know, Teen Titans Go, which is again, what I, that's a bad example because Teen Titans Go is actually a very good show and very funny, but it it's. A little too kiddish. Right. But when I didn't, when the boys started watching, I'm like, oh my God, I can't stand this. But it grew on me and it got the boys into it. You know what I mean? It was their gateway into the comic book. Right. And if DC wants to keep their legacy ongoing, like they have to be able to reel in newer readers and younger readers and younger younger people. Yeah. They can't just, it can't be all old people all the time. You know, like we and we've talked about it at length. Like under the red hood, it's dark. It's really dark. I don't know if you need to get much darker than this. Same thing. Like the Titans last, you know, uh, the Titans TV show toned down a little bit, um, but the Titans, the last Titan animated thing, the Judas Contract, which is one of my favorite arcs in the comic books for the Titans. I mean, that was really dark, and it had like some light sexual content. You know, nothing. You know gratuitous or graphic but it was fine for them to watch uh but yeah i you know but you know so i don't know if i'm gonna because it was 80 bucks you know mm. for a year subscription i don't know with all the other things it's like okay well if i'm gonna have to buy the justice league dark thing anyways for 20 bucks or if i'm gonna have to buy the other stuff separate then yes it is fun watching the 1970 late 70s shazam tv show but not you know not worth like for 80 bucks much. a year you could uh, publish a podcast I really could and talk about all these things I don't know about. Um, it, so, Joe, you know, it turns out, and and I bring this up, and I want to be really careful how I say this because I don't want to come across like I'm insulting anybody. Like I like insulting people when I want to insult people. I don't want to accidentally insult somebody. But talking slowly and louder when somebody doesn't understand English uh, it's not isolated to Americans or English. So this past week, you know, a couple days a week, I volunteer 
you know, doing food drops and stuff, which is so funny because, you know, I go to the church where the food is sorted at the food bank and I get it. And, you know, I help a couple days. I spent more time during this quarantine lockdown at churches and I have my the, my, the last like 40 years of my life. <laughs> and it's just funny that an atheist spends this much time in a church. Uh, not even on Sundays. Not, but so I get the addresses of where my drop offs are this week. And a few of them, it was the first time a few of them actually said family in quarantine leave outside. And 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 some of the neighborhoods you don't want to just leave it outside. You know, you want to make sure the right person comes down and gets it. And a couple of names, you know, uh, Spanish only. So I speak uh very little Spanish. Uh by very little Spanish, I mean none. And management speaks a little. So I coordinate with her it's like, "Hey, I'm going to have to get you on the phone when I go to drop off at these places." And so one of my last drop offs like she is saying, you know, she, you know, like management is talking to them and the address, she kept saying it like really fast. And we were trying to say her street was blocked off because we were doing construction. Can somebody come down and meet me? I'm, you know, not even a block away, but like a half a block away, I'm parked next to the subway. Can they, you know, the subways, you know, restaurant, not the subway station. There's no subways in Lowell. And it's funny. So she was saying like, you know, she was trying to explain it and the woman kept saying her address louder and slower every time. And yes, I mean, even I could get the numbers when she was doing that, but I had to hit mute because it was just so funny. Like every time, you know, it's like loud and I'm like, okay, so we it's, don't have – we haven't cornered the market on that. It's a human thing. It's a human trait to, yeah, slow down and speak louder when so someone if I speak does – Farsi, <laughs> slower and louder, they're going to understand this, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess that's going to how – that's kind of how we're going to have to do some of these sideshows is just speak <laughs> slower and louder so that people will understand us. I got the loud part down. I thought it's. it's I got to slow the fuck down. I I, I I think slowly. <laughs> I, uh, my punchlines come a lot slower than normal people, but you know. Speaking about people who are slow, there was a protest the other day in Florida, and it's always Florida. And I don't know if you saw it because the helicopter. It was like a helicopter thing. There was about fifty, seventy people outside a gym, like on the street and on the sidewalks doing push-ups and doing burpees and doing lunges and doing squats to protest and wanting their gym open. And the whole time I'm like, aren't you proving why you don't need a gym? (laughs) You know, you're going well out of your way to make a really good case. And yeah, you can get a pretty damn good workout at home. You don't need to be in there. You tell them, Jacques. No, I mean, I saw that and I thought, you know, it's like you're making a really good case for not needing the gym. I mean, I, I make a really good case not needing the gym because I'm in great shape for the shape I'm in. So, yeah, I'm round to shape. <laughs> Pair. Uh, also, you know, it's funny. One of my old neighbors the other night, uh, I, I text now and then, first of all. Uh, he texts me a screen grab. There's a for rent sign on my old apartment in Playa del Rey. When we rented the place, it was 1800 and it went up to 1900 And we were there like six or seven years right on the beach, like six houses down from the beach. 
nice little neighborhood. Uh, it's it's like an eight hundred and it's eight hundred to eight hundred and square f- you know eight hundred to eight hundred fifty square feet. It's tiny. You've been there, you know. It's really tiny, little backyard, but it's in a nice neighborhood. Uh, I guess the neighborhood had so has has had some challenges as of the last six seven months, but it's still right on the beach. It's now four thousand dollars. So he takes a screen grab and sends it to me, and I'm like, hmm. okay, four thousand dollars for eight hundred square feet for two little bedrooms and and a bathroom that, it, you know what I mean? You have to leave the bathroom to change your mind. That's how small it is. But it's uh, but anyways, but he uh, he sends me. Uh, he was an Obama guy and was always mad that his father hated Obama. Guess he's become a little bit more on the other side of the fence, and he's all up for opening the economy and hates the mayor of New York, hates the mayor of Los Angeles, and now hates the governor because they're being sensible and smart about this. And he sends me like you know a, a, a screen grab from some conservative thing. It's a picture of George Washington talking about. You know, he fought like he, you know, he, they fought, you know, the, re- they won the Revolutionary War during the smallpox epidemic or pandemic. And then I went and I, he, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, they fought during it, but George Washington, because I've read a book before, quarantined the army, <laughs> like, you know, when it went through. And I'm like, oh, you know that. So they're using like George Washington as a reason to open up and to stop being pussies, man, and get out there. It's like, Okay, well, you realize your big hero uh, quarantined the army and waited for the pandemic to subside, you know, before sending his troops out there. So facts, you know. Nah. But it's 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 upsetting when you're like somebody you like. It's like, oh, okay. Um, I wish you well, but uh, don't send me this right wing shit unless you're ready for you know. Uh, to be fact checked in real time, you know, and then I wrote back, you know, it's like, oh, and by the way, they stopped selling the wooden teeth of George Washington at the George Washington Museum because it's been uh, revealed that he didn't have wooden teeth. He had real teeth ripped from the heads of his slaves. So good night, America. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> but that's impossible um, because George Washington could never tell a lie. Well, he he. I don't know if he said he had wooden teeth. I don't know where that rumor came from. It's ah. just a rumor. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. What's not a rumor is for the fourth time in six weeks. The fourth time in six weeks. Always on a Friday. Always after six o'clock. After you know the news dump. Uh, the White House has fired yet another Inspector General. This is now the four, like every, and the inspector generals of the different departments are the watchdogs. And so if there's a whistleblower, they go to and report it to an inspector general who then, you know, investigates whatever people are talking about. This is the fourth one in six weeks. When I say they are literally gutting all checks and balances, it's, and I, I, I really, I, I'm telling myself it's because they realize November's coming. And they want to do as much grifting as they can, you know, as much looting before, you know, the comeuppance happen. Um, but anyways, I don't know if you heard about that because maybe you didn't because they did it after the news on a Friday night. That's how they get you. I mean, I think a lot of stuff is going on under the cover of the COVID pandemic. You know, there there's just so many things that can fly under the radar that just won't be picked up by 
the uh, the mainstream media or even Fox News or any media because uh, that's how they like to play it. Close to the vest and uh, away from prying eyes. What was picked up is the unveiled the Space Force flag. I don't know if you saw that. I did. So they're in the Oval Office. The guy's holding the flag and he comes over for the photo op and just a creepy smile. It's like, yeah, the same day we're about to hit 90,000 deaths. You want to do a photo op with this, I, like, like I said, complete farce of an organization. By the way, I think in about two or three weeks, the new Netflix series Space Force with Steve Carell is going to be premiering. That's so great. Yeah. Have you seen that? No. No. Oh, there's a trailer out for it. I think, no, I, I think, I've been watching Hanna-Barberi's uh, Happy Hour with Honey and Sis. You know what? That might be a better call. <laughs> no. Is it good? Does it look No, funny? yeah. I think Mike Judge is behind it, I think. Or Greg Daniels. No, I think maybe it's Greg Daniels. But, of course, yeah, it looks fantastic because it's fucking, you know, it's Steve Carell and a bunch of other people that I can't remember right now. But, uh, you know, it will... It will uh, it will make us laugh and cry. Um, you know, I didn't put it on the rundown, but I've watched the first two episodes of the Making of the Mandalorian mo- show. Dude, it's really good. It's like Dave Filoni, who is the co-creator of um, the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Uh, it's really a smart guy. And it's funny because he's sitting at, you know, part of this is a roundtable with the all the directors who directed things in season one. You know, and John Favreau, who created the series, and it's funny, he's telling the story when he got the call about Clone Wars, he was a 2D animator at Nickelodeon, and he thought it was one of the guys, is this a rube? Is is, is this one of the guys from the office? It was, while he was describing it, he wasn't exactly saying it was a Bob Newhart thing, but he literally thought somebody was pranking him, that George... um, you know, Lucas wanted him to come up and meet with him about, you know, this new Clone Wars show and stuff like that. But he is this walking encyclopedia. You've never seen anybody work on a project who loved the project more. Like he literally was just, you know, just his whole life. And he thought, oh, it's because the Phantom Menace was about to come out and he was always talking about it. The people from the office were probably tired of talking about it. So they pulled this prank and say, we're going to do this thing. And he... um no, it was really it was really nice to you know to kind of see how much respect that everybody around the table, all the other directors, like uh, uh, help me out with the name Tiki. Oh, Taika Watiti. Like he was one of them. Uh, I know, you know I, I butchered that name. And and uh, but they all on the episodes that he wasn't you know directing, they asked him to come and hang out just because he they wanted like. Okay, is this how a stand- stormtrooper would really be standing at this moment here and stuff like that? So, so that was fun. Did he ask? That's, did he uh, actually exclaim? That's not what hyperspace looks like. He he is the guy who will tell you if it looks like a, like because he goes through hyperspace and they're showing like you know the ship going through and I'm quite sure he's the guy who made sure that they <laughs> that they got it right. Um, but uh. But you know that's been fun, and now sports. What 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 are you following in sports? What are you, what what are you excited about? You you watched a NASCAR this past weekend in the empty stadium in Darlington. No. <laughs> so we're recording it before, but the, well, if they're racing today, Saturday and Sunday, I'm actually going to tune in 
just man, 10, 15 minutes just to kind of check it out. I mean, I've worked an event at the Darlington uh, track. It was, it was actually it was it was a very interesting, very interesting time. Uh, when, you know, when I worked there, uh, that might have been the most rednecky of rednecky. You know, and I've done a lot of NASCAR stuff, but that was a whole new level, man. That was a whole new level. Did but you forget what the actual American flag looked like because there were so many Confederate flags? There was honestly, it was. It, every every truck had both flags on the back. Every truck did, and and there was and you couldn't get in the parking lot unless you had a pickup truck. Uh-huh. And I re, I re, I remember very distinct. It was the first year that they were now that they now uh, recognize like Martin Luther King Day, but and to make concession, they also have a state holiday. We have the Patriots Day here in Massachusetts. What is it? The second Monday in April. And they have Confederate Soldier Memorial Day in South Carolina now. And and I, I think it would have been a different place had um, Stephen Colbert won his election when he ran for president of South Carolina. <laughs> you remember that? So that's interesting. Um, but baseball. So there's a big thing. Baseball has been a big talk this week. And I'm not just talking like, you know, the, the Korean baseball, but Major League Baseball wants to come back in July. And one player, you know, was doing a live chat and he's like, they want us to take like half the salary to play half the season. But double our risk of exposure because I don't know what the other players are doing. I don't know how serious people are taking this. I don't know what, you know, and he kind of got lambasted for it. It's like, oh, this entitled, like, you know, millionaire athlete being a prima donna. But it's like anybody should question going back to the workplace right now, yeah. you know, and, and how it's going to go. I, I Yeah, I agree. Um, luckily, they don't yeah. have to do it in a, you know, in a building that, you know, doesn't have fresh air. They yeah, actually- they're not on an assembly line or like a you know a, you know shoulder to shoulder like a meat packing plant. You know, uh, or, or a bottling company where Laverne and Shirley worked. But still, I mean, it's 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 still close quarter. I mean, y- y- you come into contact with the the yeah. pit the the catcher and the batter and the umpire can't really social distance in that space you know can you slide into second and give me a little room please that's a pretty wide strike zone i think you're right i think you <laughs> so it's going to be interesting and the other thing that made news is the nfl and look i applaud it it's like you know again the you know my buddy who you know, send me the George Washington thing is also upset that the NFL is considering giving an extra third round draft pick to teams that hire a minority coach. Mm. And, you know, there's a Rooney law that you can't hire a coach unless you, you have to you have to um you have to interview one minority coach before you hire a new coach. And as we know, the NFL, I think 70 75 percent you know you know players are african-american uh you can count the coaches on one hand <laughs> you know and i'm not talking now i'm talking in the history of the nfl i think there's only been you know a handful of head of coaches. coaches right of head coaches there's been a, a few coordinators but still we're not talking a lot and every year well, I don't think they have the uh, capacity. Um, this is, <laughs> it's me doing Al Campanis from the oh. LA Dodgers. 
This is the same sort of bunk we've heard uh, 30 years ago. <laughs> it was the best because here's Ted Koppel throwing him every lifeline you possibly can, right. giving him every chance to bail out. And instead of taking the lifeline, he picked up the shovel and kept digging. But but yeah, I mean, they've had the Rooney, Rooney law, uh, Rooney rule in place for at least you know, 15 years and it's not yielding, you know, much results and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I don't know. And again, every time, every time, you know, there's six to 10 new coaches every year. And so many times it's the same people being recycled and regurgitated. And, you know, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what the right solution is, but I applaud them trying to figure something out, try, trying to incentivize somebody to give somebody a chance. I, you know? I like it. I like it. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get a woman in there. Uh, San Francisco 49ers uh, assistant offensive coordinator is a woman. So yeah, that's a good step. You know, yeah. uh, but but it's like but I don't think they it. have the uh, mental. <laughs> <laughs> they they they'd be just too emotional. They you would, know, right? Too, you, know, you, you know, you know how many wars we would be in if we ever had a woman president? Because uh, wait a minute, haven't every wait. war happened when we've had a male president? Okay, then. All right, there you have it. Fair enough. Um, so what do you, what do you got video game wise, Joe? What? Besides besides watching Sesame Street clips, that's not a video and, game. Martin Short, have you found time to finish the 007 level? Oh, well, the 007 level is actually a sandbox level. It's sort of a bonus, you know, so there's not really a thing to... So I basically 100% of the game. Uh, well, there's a couple of cheats I have to unlock, but for double I golden eye 007, who cares? Stop talking. Me. Um, what am I playing now? I've, I got, yesterday I started playing... The original Paper Mario, which is the Nintendo 64 game, there's a new line of uh, it's a line of Super Mario games. I'm not going to get into that, but not not uh, not anything worthy of uh, people's time. I know I cherish my uh, time, and I and I and I want to respect other people's time. So when I'm told to shut up, I shut up. I don't just keep rambling like I'm some <laughs> slack jawed idiot. When I'm told to shut up, I shut up. Okay. You've, you're going to get me off on a little bit of a tangent. <clears throat> Joe's oldest son is my boy's piano teacher. And they had a lesson, at, you know, every Saturday. And they're doing it over Zoom. And a few weeks ago, Joe, I, I probably have stumbled upon this thought before, but it's now your voice in my head. My little guy needs to be supervised while he's doing the piano lesson to respect you know, Joe's son's time, because uh, I have to wrangle him in. And he's playing this thing, and he keeps getting the wrong note wrong. And your boy's like, no, 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 like this, da, da, da. And it was, I have your voice in my head doing Elmer Fun. <laughs> yes, I'm Sam. Yes, I'm Sam, rather. No, 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 you stupid galoot, it's like this. Yeah. No, not like that, you long-eared galoot. <laughs> And then ding 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 ding. Oh man! So, anyways, only only three people could possibly get that reference. Luckily, only three people are listening. So great to throw it out. And what what are you watching? What you know other than the great stuff that we've we've already chatted? Last night I did watch the new. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt Netflix Choose Your Own Adventure special. 
I actually I think I I think I completed it because you can there's you know several permutations as to like you know if you make this choice right. yada 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 and it makes it lets you restart it's very fourth wall breaking there's actually a, a moment where one of the characters who's a construction worker he goes here I am breaking the fourth wall and then he <laughs> takes a piece of board and he's like now I got to fix it and then like he's just <laughs> tapping some wood into the into the screen uh, there's actually a, an ending where it says you win. You know, congratulations, nerd! You you <laughs> unlocked everything. Uh, it's really funny. You, I can't talk about the show with you because you haven't seen it. But it's no, no, I've seen it. I mean, the theme song is up there with one of the greatest themes, at least one of the greatest theme song in recent history. Yeah, the, the theme to the Kimmy Smith show is pretty great. It is right, and it came out at the, at the time that Songify the News. Was a sort of a thing where they would take, you know, the very vocal African American observer on the news of a of a crime who's recounting the crime, and of course they're speaking very slangily, but then this this group came in and they would take, you know, that rant and they would put it to music and mix it up and remix it and and, and put it to a beat, and so they did that with Kimmy Schmidt, and that's actually based on something that really happened where. You know, it's like three people, three girls were being held somewhere, like in Detroit. And this, you know, and the guys on the news saying, it's like, you know, when a white girl comes running up to me in this neighborhood, I knew something was wrong. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And they actually take that and weave that into the the opening theme song, which is great. No, I'll definitely, that stuff is fun. Like the boys a little while ago, Markiplier on YouTube did the, uh, what was it called? It was like. The Heist. That's it. It's called The Heist with Markiplier on YouTube. And there was like 18 alternative endings and stuff like that, you know, depending on. And, and, and one night it was like four or five hours it took the boys to get through each one of those. Yeah. And uh, there's a special yeah. bonus. Daniel Radcliffe is a guest star. Should, oh, that's great. He plays the prince that Ellie Kemper's character, Kimmy Schmidt, is going to marry. Uh, but Carol Kane is great. She plays like a dual role. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just so funny. And then if you try to, there's like an Easter egg, there's an Easter egg that you can find if you play the same portion over and over, uh, they'll, it, it, it's a really good time killer. So if you got three hours to kind of, you know, to get through the, to get through the special itself, it takes about an hour, but then to replay it a couple of times and get all the alternate endings, the bad endings, the happier endings, the Easter eggs, it's a good uh, two and a half, three hours of funniness. And of course it's, you know, it's Tina Fey's brainchild, so you can't go wrong. I did not know that. Oh yeah, this is sort of like 30 Rock, it's like an extension of 30 Rock. It's Jane Krakowski, it's... Uh, you know, uh, another actor, Titus Burgess. Uh, Titus, Titus Burgess. Yes, yeah. He he's a he's a very funny actor, Broadway guy. But um, yeah, and a, and John Hamm. John Hamm plays the Reverend. John Hamm. John Hamm's great. Yeah, he he. It, it, the the special is actually called Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Kimmy versus the Reverend. Oh, that's great! No, I, I, I that's something that because yeah, the boys really like that, and the boys love her because of The Office. You know, she was, you know, the, that's one of their favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I'm watching. I'm still watching Community. We're not watching that much. I did watch Empire Strikes Back this week. I, I felt, you know, it's been, 
you know, because we're doing the side show, we're recording the side show that will drop this Thursday. I figure I haven't watched it in a while. It's been maybe five, six weeks, so I should probably watch it again. I was ready for you to say five or six hours. <laughs> get, get, get ready for it. it. It's funny because we talked about like Joe McHale and, and Ken Jong have the podcast called The Darkest Hour. I didn't know, but I got up to the episode of Community called The Darkest uh, – no, The Darkest Timeline is their podcast. And there's an event where the seven main characters are sitting around a table and they're going to roll the dice to see who has to do this task. And just before he rolls it, he's like, you, you, you know by rolling that you can create six different timelines. And the episode went through all the different timelines and one of them – a gun goes off, somebody gets shot, is bleeding out, like all these awful things happen. And then they're like, wow, that was the darkest timeline. Like that's, you know, it's ah. great. It's it's a really, it, it's great. So I'm not watching that much other than the great stuff that you sent me. So I recommend this week, if you're not going to watch Community, just text me to text you anything Joe sends me. <laughs> and, and we'll go down that rabbit hole together. Okay, and you and you'll be happy because you know, like I said, three for three this week, three for three, baby. I know these things happen in threes. Parenting tip, Joe. Yeah, what is it? I've been waiting <laughs> so all I, week. My my kids have been starving. They, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I have so, not. You know, I'm sending you all this gold on television for YouTube, and you're not sending me one friggin' parenting tip this week. I have to wait until now to know how to water. take care of my. I don't know how to take care of my kids. <laughs> hot water burn, baby. Um, so. I, you know, we have a, a space in the living room that has a portable charging station, and I always have an extra, um, I, you know, basically it can anything with a USB, you know, port it can charge, but it's you know basically a phone backup, and I have two of them. I keep one in in the car, and I keep one. You know, there, there's a little drawer there that has like flashlights and the glow sticks, you know, not for the rays, but you know, if we lose power, we lose power a lot. And I'm always giving, you know, the, the boys a hard time when they're running around with flashlights or I see the glow stick when their friends are over there playing with them. I'm like, where did you get that? Did you get that out of that drawer? You have to make sure you put it back. You know, these are for, and last night, you know, we, uh, we had the power go out and lo and behold, they were like, Oh, oh, this is why. And I'm like, so, you know, the, the parenting tip of this week is leave that stuff alone, you dumb fucks, because we need it. Like, like, you know, you got a thousand other toys and gadgets and, and this, but, and they were, they were like, you know, um, cause it went out at like eight 30 and, you know, by like 10 30, 11, um, you know, phones are dying and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, well, here, just this is what this is for. And the, 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 you could see their, the darkened room was lit up by their eyes when they realized, oh, the magic of Papa being prepared for shit. So make sure that you prepare for this stuff. But more importantly, you have to prepare for this stuff and make sure those around you know what it's for. You know, some kids, if they don't know, you can't tell them, nor can you beat them over the head with it. So... You kind of screwed. That's it for our podcast. Stay tuned uh, next uh, Thursday for the Empire Strikes Back twentieth anniversary, according to me. <laughs> I think I think it's because I hadn't seen it uh, until nineteen ninety seven. So it's about about twenty three years for me. And um, you know, 
it, it, it's the Empire Strikes Back. It's going to be uh, great. It's going to be a lot of me folding things in the background while Jacques <laughs> rambles on about God knows what. Well, we'll find out together, won't we? Won't we? And until then, Jacques, until then, friends, this is Joe from Carnival Personnel saying don't forget 